Welcome to What's My Thesis. I am your host, Javier Proenza. Every week, my guests and I share the answers we found to the questions we have. Join us as we explore and expand our worldview through research and ask, what's my thesis? And today, we are talking with, uh, I think it's Richard Ortiz, Annabelle Har, at J-Har. Is that the middle initial? Yeah, And then, I only uh, <laughs> and then uh, Stephen Lucero and Fer- uh, Fernanda Sanchez. I always, I can't, I'm, I almost call you Fernie Ferns every time. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone does. Because <laughs> you're, uh, you're, okay. And then Sarah Clendenning, or how would you, how do you say it? Clendenning. Clendenning, okay. Yeah, I just gave it like a weird rhythm, so I wanted to make sure I got the right one. All right, so I, uh, I am um, Javier Proenza, obviously. I know you guys very much through your work and not that much personally, even though I've had you on the show before. Uh, I think last time it was Sarah that was on the show and was uh, really helpful. I think that we've actually had to hide that episode <laughs> because there was a little raucous and I was like, holy shit, what am I getting myself into? <laughs> but uh, that I guess, you know, like that, I guess there's no casual journalism, <laughs> but uh, that that's hilarious. To <laughs> and then there's Sarah. So we were just talking about how I had to hide the, uh, the, the, how there was like, the video version of the episode I had to hide because it just got it got too hot. <laughs> oh yeah, of <laughs> the last time, you 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 uh you definitely wrecked it and uh, and uh, like people were definitely <laughs> interested in that episode. So it's uh it, it was great to be a part of it. But anyway, so uh, we're here to have you back because there's a few developments. Um, first of all, I just want to quickly introduce uh, that it, it, for anybody that saw the picture of. Uh, the uh, cops riding the um, the swan boat in Echo Park. That was Stephen Lucero who took that picture. He's running for uh, what district are you running for? Uh, Rep six. Rep six. Uh, and Heights, you were yeah. saying that that's what, area, uh, six, yeah. area six, and that's um, that's the the uh, the brewery, right? Yes, in, in this area of the brewery. It's an artist colony in Lincoln yeah. Heights here, and it has about. Uh, just under a thousand residents here that are, are artists. Wow, that's pretty big, though. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize that many people live there. Yeah, okay, it is a big place. Historically, yeah. because when they when they started these neighborhood councils, I think in the early two thousands, uh, <laughs> there was this is when they were forming DTLA, right? So uh-huh. they were going to fill. They started forming this uh, DLANC, DLANC neighborhood council, or D. T whatever D L A, so this council tried to take the brewery from Lincoln Heights. The brewery they wanted the brewery and William Mead, and okay. so um, they fought with our neighborhood to. <laughs> they were trying to say the brewery isn't in Lincoln Heights, and basically a lot of the members of this industrial complex wrote a petition and they yeah they they didn't want to be part of lincoln heights anymore but they got rejected so they're still part of lincoln heights too bad and the, and they've, that that's also a thing that's happened with uh with other parts right like the the keck medical center and all of that it, that that used to be lincoln heights i'm just going I from mean, where 
the neighborhood council boundaries are not the real boundaries of the neighborhoods. And it's okay. very sad when you read the actual transcript of the hearings when they were making these council boundaries, they were shattering neighborhoods and maiming them. For instance, um, where USC is, now that's still Lincoln Heights under the boundary map, and that's always been Lincoln Heights. Um, that's actually in a different council district. Okay. So one of the tricks they do is they'll split up one neighborhood, like one neighborhood, so it has multiple council districts in it. So it's uh, impossible to have real uh, control over what's going on. So it's like it's a way of gerrymandering and like separating. That's what it is. Yeah. Okay. Shattering uh, so the vote. Yeah. Just a heads up: the you can pull the mic a little bit farther away. Oh, sorry, farther. Yeah, yeah, because oh, <laughs> it's I'm like very, screaming it's, into it. Okay. It's very sensitive. Oh damn! Yeah. All right. No, that that's what Please sucks about uh, that's what sucks about Zoom is you can't like ever hear like how how loud you are. No, no, you're good. <laughs> now I kind of want it to become a thing. All right, all right, let's move on. Let's move on. So, uh, what what uh, what part of the neighborhood do you represent, uh, uh, Richard? So Richard Ortiz here. I'm running for Area Five Rep for the Lincoln Heights Neighborhood Council. Mm-hmm. I was born and raised here, and I love the place, and I want to fight the teeth and nail. Yeah, I, I I remember I came here for the first time a long time ago. Like uh, I, I think the buy right was still open. No, maybe not. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that. that, that was down the street. I think we're yeah. So so what's it called? So and and I just remember it being such a different world. And even when I first moved here, yeah. uh, it was a shock to the system to see how much like it has already become less brown. In in a very real sense, like I used to be the the like the lone white guy, the crazy gringo walking around here, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because like culturally, I mean, I I'm Cuban, but I'm not from here, and it's I stand out like fucking crazy. So, but yeah. now it's just the hipster uh, area. So, who represents the part? We last time we had someone on, or last time Sarah was on, uh, it, we talked about the the uh, toxic. Uh, the luxury apartments that are being built on like uh, Pasadena and 34th Street, which are the uh, it used to be a so was it an industrial? Um, what's uh, what's it? What you would call it? A, uh, dry cleaners. Dry cleaners like, yeah. It was like for the whole county. How is it so, so toxic? <laughs> How is it a super fun site? It was the I've biggest. Told- one, it was the biggest dry cleaners in the world. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, and what? Benedict. <laughs> You know, wow. We have aerial photos of when the tanks were all there before the LA River flooded in 1936. Okay. All those chemicals whoosh down into the river. Wow. And so, for what is it, uh, from 1920 to 1980 something, they were dumping chemicals, dude. So, wow. And then uh, just to recap what people might not remember from last episode is that basically what they're doing is they're building this uh, these luxury apartments. They're uh, doing sketchy sample uh, searching. They're like getting it from the parts where they know that <laughs> that the that the dirt is going to be fine and all of that. And so uh, so it's interesting. And then back then there was a, there was a thing. Wait, I, I, can you refresh my memory on what it was with the. Uh, with the people getting paid to call in to complain about something that, like, I forget the details about that. What, what was it that we talked about, Sarah? Um, okay, the developer paying callers. Yeah. To, and, what, and that was like in, uh, like in support of the, the, the project, the, that, that, the 34th and well, uh, Pasadena the whole, project? The whole fishy thing is, after that happened, other people started contacting me. And they uh-huh. were noticing similar things happening to their hearings. So what happened was the developer, during our hearing, we 
there were all these weird callers using similar language mm. and they were obviously not from here and they were white callers in calling in support of the project saying um hi i'm calling from council district one my name is lisa i love the shrubbery of this new project and the electric bicycle <laughs> parking spots i think it's really going to help the community thank you <laughs> click and we're like what the hell's going on here and so there was a ton of them i don't know how many maybe even 30 or something so we one of the um callers i think during that, was it during it? The first, one. the first one, he made a confession. And he said, you know what? I was originally going to be paid to be in favor of this project. But after hearing the community's outcry and concerns for their health and safety and welfare and stuff like that, I, um, I, I feel the need to tell you that, yeah, the developer was going to pay me. And oh, wow. um, so we um, researched this thing and then the guy who, who, pays the callers and it's a whole thing he it's called bridge dtla right it's this guy downtown josh gray emmer he uh is one of the people involved with nation builder nation builder runs all the city websites for all the councilmen and like all this shit so like Cedillo and ed reyes called their butt like they got this guy to get these fake callers um, it's insane. It's all interconnected. Yeah. It's called Nation Builder. Yeah, so every councilman member, it'll be like gilsadio.com. And you look at the bottom, it says, this is a Nation Builder site. And then it says, like, made with bridge DTLA, you know? So the guy who paid the callers is actually the guy who set up Gilsadio's website. If you look <laughs> at the first post, it's like, hi, I'm Josh. Welcome to Gilsadio's website. So it's just like... Hey man. So, so what do know. you think what do you think is the thinking behind it? Do they just think that they're wealthy enough that it's not gonna matter or that or, or are they just expecting people not to actually research? Like because well, obviously they've been able to roll some neighborhoods pretty easy, uh, but it seems like some places want to fight a little bit harder. And for well, people that uh, don't know, I don't know if I said this uh, but uh, Lincoln Heights is like the old is the oldest officially the oldest, the oldest neighborhood. People want to say it's the oldest suburb, but you know, okay, so yeah, when they founded Los Angeles, I mean, the Tongva Yangna village, the original village was where Downey Park is, which is now Albion Park. It's in Lincoln Heights, right? Uh -huh. Then they founded the Pueblo, okay? And that's like, like we're, they don't really know the exact site, but it's in Chinatown. The, the current one's not the exact site. But from the Pueblo, they demarcated the actual boundaries of the city of Los Angeles in like 1873. And Lincoln Heights is in the original Pueblo boundaries, East okay. Los Angeles. So um, we're the first suburb, like neighborhood, because the guy who founded Lincoln Heights privatized the water of the LA River and sent it all into Lincoln Heights. So oh, yeah, that's okay. Griffin. So that's, and then all the city founders lived in Lincoln Heights. So this is why they haven't touched Lincoln Heights. Like it's one of the last places standing because it's kind of spooky, kind of haunted. And those are the people that still own all the freaking land. Yeah. All right. So it's like monopoly. And so, so, oh, so, okay. And, and um, that's interesting. I don't know who I'm going to get it. 
But so yeah, I'm actually no. trying to uh, I'm actually trying to find uh, as you're talking this video that I thought I was going to be able to share real quick. Release. Oh, I think I found it. It's the is it this one here? Let me see. Uh, no, that's not the one. So the the video of the person outraged uh, saying that oh uh, I. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> the council someone was voting for one of your appeals and they made a is it this one hold on let me find it no um so can you recount that situation i guess because i don't have the video to show before we get into like the more uh, uh contemporary issue or the more updated stuff that we wanted to talk about are you talking about like community outreach with the city planning and stuff and the videos that we have? There was, well, there was a view, there was one video in particular where someone was saying that they were vo uh, voting in favor of an appeal, uh, I th because. Oh, well that was groundbreaking. Be and this, that's part of why we're being blocked right now. Basically that was the Avenue 34 appeal, the first appeal. And mm -hmm. basically the city planning commission is the highest they're at the top of the pyramid when it comes to land use decisions, okay? And they're all appointed by Garcetti. And many of them are commercial real estate brokers. I don't know how many there are, but there's maybe like nine. And so they're the ones at all the hearings, they're the ones making, like approving all of the hotels, like the high rises, right? It's not small chump change, it's the big stuff. So during our hearing, the first hearing, two of the city planning commissioners said they could no longer continue to support a racist, uh, the city of LA's racist land use policies. And uh, yeah, that will like um, cause, a, you know, irreversible harm on working class communities of color. And um, the other woman said, uh, she brought up equity and self-determination and our community was not involved in the dialogue, so there is no um, equity. So two of these people supported our appeal and we were just like, holy crap. And then the commissioner tabled our appeal. She just shut it down. Oh. And then she said, and then Gil Cedillo was like, oh, we're gonna give him 30 days. We're gonna put it on hold for 30 days for part two. Like for some freaking reason, give the developer more time to do outreach, right? Well, I found out that the city planning commissioner, the president of the CPC, Samantha Millman, she was up for reappointment only a week later on August 19th. And she didn't want to like screw it up for herself. Yeah. So that's why they tabled it. And also Cedillo let the developer have more time so he could do recon on us. Cause they had thought this was like a NIMBY, a NIMBY fight in the beginning. Cause they were only talking to white people uh. from like Montecito Heights, right? Okay. So when you see their out lack of outreach, it's like specific. It's like all north of like Avenue 35, Mount Washington. <laughs> they didn't talk to anybody in Lincoln Heights. And that's why I started Lincoln Heights Intel, or we did. Because it's like, hey, man, you want to talk to the other 39,000 people of Lincoln Heights? Yeah. Yes or no? And so we made this petition. It was like, we demand a seat at the table, dude. Um, and we brought it and we shut down the CPC. And now they're all scared as hell. Yeah. And rightfully so. And so we're at the river here. They're about to jump the river with their next, it's like DTLA part two, right? And we, we ain't having it, especially with the COVID and with equity talk and all this stuff. It's a, a death, it's like a knife in the heart of, of the working class community of color.
Wait, so, so it, uh, can you expand on the idea of DTLA Part 2? So, like, because uh, I don't know that everybody who's in L.A. even necessarily knows what, what you mean by DTLA. So, downtown L.A. obviously is what you're talking about. But that was, like, it's it, it, it sounds like something that you would hear in The Wire, you know? Like, how in uh, in, in all those movies about or, or shows, they're, they're always like, you know, we're going to revitalize the riverfront, you know? Yeah. <laughs> It, it sounds like that's kind of how it went, and uh, I, I don't know. I'm I haven't been in LA enough to to even really know what that was. How long ago was DTLA one? I think well, D, well, one, one was it one? I mean, it used to be called Downtown LA, and I guess in 2010 they um, Huizar basically they they managed to get Downtown LA into the same council district as Boyle Heights hmm. as as a means to have like a majority like with a six street bridge to have sort of um, this new mass of people dictate land use now um, all downtown and then to head East to push East into Boyle Heights. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it was a form of gerrymandering and uh, yeah, they tried to get their brewery. They tried to do this whole Chinatown area and as downtown LA neighborhood council or whatever, but um, UNESCO is called, has called DTLA a war crime, a crime against humanity, because it um, the mass erasure of, uh, I guess, like, it's an erasure of the collective memory, and that's considered a, a crime against humanity. Yeah. yeah, the hijacking of cultural historic uh, sites. Well, anybody who's sort. walked through through downtown LA know, knows how well that turned out, right? Like, it's great. It's the most scenic, most beautiful place in all of LA. Everybody, all the tourists want to go there. I mean, it's a fucking disaster. It's, I mean, uh, it, it, it is, uh, it is what happens when you displace people and you just make it so, so it's interesting because it, it, it goes into that conversation of, uh, that you were saying that how they, they're like, oh, if you don't like it, you can leave. And it's like, well, basically that's not, a really nuanced take when you really think about the fact that you're displacing people, they have to live far away and then they still have their jobs over here. And I don't know if you managed to hear the uh, amazing thing that uh, Pete Buttigieg transportation secretary said about how uh, he was uh, considering how like, you know, it would be a road tax because you're using the roads and and then he had to immediately walk it back it's it's a very interesting perspective that they have on like uh putting it on people's backs, right? It's like, well, no, this this is too nice for you guys. You guys got to get the fuck out of here. And wow. uh it, it's it, it's not necessarily how it works. It's not like people just have the resources to relocate, right? Well, what That's they one do of the is that we're seeing. the thing that hurts the most for our community is this has always been a a, li- a place where you can work and live. And we have the train yards, we have the, the foundries, you know, the whole area of Chinatown there where they're developing and Lincoln Heights, this new Casp area is all very, very toxic, toxic land up into Elysian Valley at the G2 park. Um, so what happened with DTLA and Lincoln Heights, this new zoning, this cornfield thing is they've upzoned all of our, it's like upzoning of uh, real estate to, uh, and, and with through adaptive reuse into like live work and lofts and stuff like that. And initially they were supposed to retain the light manufacturing part of the zoning. So it's mm-hmm. like a storefront that makes leather wallets or whatever, you know, some hipster stuff. And then there's condos on top. 
Well, then Cedillo introduced something where developers can just pay a fee to not even have the industrial part on there anymore. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. we're losing all of our freaking jobs that have like sustained our community. Even after like World War II, right? We still have industry here. We've yeah. got the laundromat, like the industrial launder places. We got the tire guy. We got the mechanics. We got all this stuff. And they're just snatching it up and making it into wine bars. So it's yeah. like all my neighbors lost their freaking jobs. I lost my job. You know, like, yeah, it's really, um, you know, whatever. It's not just fancy <laughs> houses. There's a, go ahead, uh, Fernanda. Yeah, get, let's give it to Fernie. Yeah. Yeah, so going back to your earlier comment about um, where do we go or where, you know, we're going to go so far away once we're displaced. And that's something that I always highlight to people when I talk to them about the seriousness of what really is going on here. I mean, everywhere around us, it's the prices are increasing. We can't afford anywhere else. Where are we going to go? We're going out to the desert, you know. Palmdale, Lancaster. And what happens when LA is too overcrowded more than it is now, way more expensive than it is now. And they realize that the desert is popping because we went over there and raised it up. They're gonna go over there next and then where are we gonna go then? Like yeah. this pattern of displacement goes since the birth of like this nation. If we look at what happened with the uh, Treaty of Hi Guadalupe Hidalgo, mm -hmm. um, one of the stipulations on there was if you own property in California and the states that were annexed, you will not lose that property. But what happened, what was the first thing that happened when they signed that? They kicked all of us out. They yeah. displaced us from our own homes. So it's looking at the fact that this pattern is still repeating. It's still happening mm -hmm. and it looks different today. And so when you, um, you had mentioned earlier today, like, you know, how can this happen? You know, we're, we're fighting back and some communities aren't fighting back. I, I don't think it's because they don't want to fight back. It's because it's a, it's a lot to organize a community. Community. Yeah. It's a lot to stand up against LA and all these people that are trying very hard to shut us down because that's they don't want us, you know, to organize yeah. that way. And no, and I think I think mm -hmm. that I, like uh, I I think I um, I don't know if I said it before or after we started recording, but the that i i've also been displaced from neighborhoods that like uh like or i guess my interest in what you were saying is sort of as an artist and as an art podcast i think that's relevant to a lot of the people that typically watch this show which is the idea that um we're also getting displaced but then we also contribute to it by making it a hot spot the popping spot you know like it is uh, it, it's this interesting thing where uh you you displace people, you homogenize a place, and then no, now you're bored of it, <laughs> and then you want to go where the culture is, where the interesting stuff is happening. So, uh, very very interesting point. And, well, I um, to say though, <clears throat> uh, what you're saying, uh, I don't necessarily believe. I do think it's common that when you bring an artist to an ecosystem, they will clean it out and uh, utilize things with bare minimum, and you know. Uh, but really, the brewery. The, this has been here since 1979, I believe, and it hasn't radicalized this, this area. Uh, mm -hmm. The brewery here, although it is filled with artists, um, it, is, it is not necessarily uh, 
out here to radicalize or, or change and have art all over the place. It's a very quiet community and we keep it yeah. that way. So it, they, yeah, they're, they're, I meant, I mean, possibility. More, yeah. I mean, more in it terms of like what we think of when we think of like the village in New York and stuff like that, obviously, uh, there, the, uh, I like, there are exceptions to, to all of this stuff. I don't, I definitely don't think that, um, I think that it's actually interesting to hear that, that example, because that is one that you don't think of when you think of like that, that happening. But, uh, but I do think that it's also, um, it's also an interesting thing where I guess my point was more about how there is this aesthetic that kind of, uh, crept up in in uh, Culver City, which is where I was, uh, uh, um, I had to leave because it was just too expensive. My rent went up uh, $300 in one month. And I, uh, it's this aesthetic of like this industrial, cool, hip, like LA thing where I'm starting to see it over here with places like Lim Lincoln Tap. And, and, and it's just this like uh, all pervasive uh, simulacra of coolness. But then it's imitating something that I think is genuine, which is what I was referring to in terms of like what, what uh, Fernando was saying about how when it, the desert is cool, right? Because we've all moved out there and made it cool, uh, it, it, you know. But definitely a point taken on, on the idea of, because uh, it, is, it is a very like chill area. And, it, and I don't think it, ha I mean, it's been here so long. It definitely hasn't contributed crazy to property values. Uh, what, what part, uh, do you, are, are you a stakeholder or are you, do you live here, uh, Stephen? I do live here in Lincoln Heights. Okay. Yeah. And, and so, and as, and you're a photographer, uh, at like, what, what kind of practice do you have since we are an art uh, podcast? I want to acknowledge that this neighborhood yeah. also has that side. Yeah. I'm actually born and raised in Alhambra. It's not too far from here. It's yeah. a five minute drive, um, right up the street on North Main. Um, but I'm a freelance artist. Uh, I started out as a photographer and I started this studio as a collective a collective for photographers. Um, and that helped immensely with networking and getting people through here. Um, the community, uh, we actually, a lot of our members were actually female and a lot of our members were actually Asian, mm -hmm. um, but they weren't locally picked from here. Uh, yeah. Although the network and everything has, has assisted us and helped us bring in uh, low, like newer, newer artists, younger artists, uh, fresher artists. And um, we, we do a wide range of things here now, um, but especially with uh, Lincoln Heights Intel, since COVID hit, uh, this we're, we're personally transferring more into community service, you know, yeah. and with this Intel group. But we do so, a medley of things. <laughs> wow, cool. Well, I mean, there's definitely, uh, there's, I always feel like, when people think of artists, they think of like uh, the uh, the artists that are in the upper echelons, right? Like they yeah. and they also assume that we all want to be people that are showing at Hauser and Worth and places like that, where it's like sometimes being an artist is more of like a, a curse in terms of like you you're a bit of a contrarian, <laughs> you're a little bit. Uh, I I mean, how many how many of you guys in general? Because I know that there's like other people in the community in in Intel Heights in Lincoln Heights Intel, sorry, that mm -hmm. are that identifies artists. Are any of you present? Other uh, uh, could identify as artists or no? I never. Everybody's an artist. Yeah, right. <laughs> Everyone's an artist. <laughs> yeah. 
I want to say something. I, I'm just saying because there's a punk. You, you mentioned punk attitude. I think that there's an overlap in that. Well, it's, I, you this. Know. it's that freedom of speech is one of our rights. Or Second Amendment. Second. <laughs> <There's a> first <laughs> Amendment. <laughs> oh, yeah. It can be a weapon. That's cool, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> freedom of speech, right? To, the right to uh, congregate or whatever. Um, freedom of speech. It's like when you're involved in art or punk or music or whatever, it's like you can say anything you want. Um, mm -hmm. In politics, there's so much posturing um, yeah. because politics is the art of persuasion, right? They want something. It's like a stroking. It's a pantomime. So I'm trying to bring freedom of speech into politics. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. way, to, way to turn a floundering <laughs> question into something solid. <laughs> well, it's like but, a lot of things, you know, are the, the renegade, like the trailblazing, you know, comedy, right? Yeah. That redefines like the sensibilities, what, you know, what's acceptable in a culture. You toe the line, but there's a lot at risk with yeah. comedy. You could have your whole life destroyed, like the guy from Seinfeld, Kramer. <laughs> All right. But then, you know, and then some people are ahead of their time and they're crucified and then they're appreciated later, some yes. comedians. Um, I think about art this way. Some art is made for an audience that only exists in the future. Your audience hasn't been born yet. And I think about Leonardo da Vinci and the invention of the ball bearing. He invented the ball bearing Holy shit, for his uh, helicopter, right? The aerial screw. Mm -hmm. But uh, that didn't exist until 500 years after his death. The ball bearing wasn't even utilized in, in anything until, yeah, I think the 18, uh, 1900, 18, I forget what year. But you have all the drawings of the ball bearing. Yeah. So like with us now, it's like, yeah, we might lose or people might hate us or whatever. But I mean, like in the future... The next generation of kids are, you know, whatever the kids, the millennials, they call them now. They'll be like, hey, like these people organize, let's step it up. You yeah. know, we don't need these like, yeah, people are just sick of lies. And I they're really so. proactive in um, doing their Scooby-Doo Scooby -Doo work and, uh, you know, little kind of private investigator stuff. They love it. Yeah. Yeah, right, you think you think there's a subculture of uh, of private investigation that that is. Uh... I think that the, it's it's there's a term called modern jackass. It's uh -huh. a sort of uh, what is that called? A dilettantism. Mm -hmm. That I see what's you know like a. Hey, do you know how to stucco? Yeah, I know how to stucco, and they bring their phone out, and then they look up the Wikipedia, and then all of a sudden <laughs> they know how to do it. So, um, I think that kid, yeah, people just kind of get. I think dilettantism, it's like people are like, nah, no more of that. Like, let's get to the the bare bones. Like, I want to I want to look, I want to learn how to navigate the ethics site. That's mm. dope. I want to know, like, all the top secret stuff. It's just right there. And yeah. people are amped. Um, even though the ethics commission's a department run by Garcetti. But uh, you just kind of keep going up for the ultimate answer. <laughs> until, like, there's... Well, you keep asking, who's your manager? Until there's, like, some manager <laughs> and the justice exists. So it's like, Sidio, whatever. We don't even deal with him. We take it to the next level, you know? And that makes him upset because he wants us to care about him. Well, yeah. whatever. Yeah, and I think, like, also that uh, things have just gotten so out of kind of control before I feel like everything was like uh not so like in your face and now it's like really, yeah it's definitely belligerent. you know what I mean it's like yeah. uh, you can't help but really start to try to look for answers yourself because you're just like what is 
really happening. You know, um, I'm Annalee and I'm uh, area one. So that's by Avenue 34. Just uh, I'm a couple blocks from there. And one thing I wanted to add about uh, Fernanda's saying about people moving with like with displacement and people, you know, okay, just, you know, move from the area is that um, a lot of jobs, you know, still need to be done by the, you know, the, the rate of pay is, you know, there's a, a certain class that is willing to do those jobs. And when people move, one of the things that uh, is having a lot of these projects even be able to be made is the TOC, which is a huge, for me, uh, huge concern. And the whole stipulation of this is that you're going to be taking public transportation. So when people get displaced, you're actually creating more emissions, which is like really the whole reason why they're even getting passed. Like, oh, we're going to cut down on emissions and people are going to take public transportation. And like, really what's happening is the complete opposite. So that like really doesn't stand up. And another thing is that, uh, you know, not only like, you know, gentrification and displacement happening in Los Angeles, but, you know, I was watching a show the other day about people moving out of California and what's happening is it's like getting more widespread, this displacement. It's not even, you know, just, you know, certain cities or a state, like now it's becoming state level where, you know, uh, and I never, never thought of this is that, you know, people from California, because the uh, cost of living here is so expensive and now they're moving to other states and now and people are going us. and, you know, um, you yeah. know, a house in Idaho is, you know, $500,000 and to somebody in Idaho, that's a lot of money and somebody in California, it's not. And so people in Idaho are now getting displayed. You know what I mean? It's yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah. it's, it's just starting to like go yeah. and. Well, the other thing that I was thinking, as you were saying, because I, I, uh, I was thinking also that, yeah, it's the emission thing, but the reality of it is probably that people are just not going to be able to afford houses. And, that, and that's why we have such a large community of unhoused people that work, right? And that's why these sweeps are so problematic, because people are losing their tools to do work, right? They're losing their identification cards. Right. It, it, it's a compounding problem that it just, uh, it, it um, I don't know. It, it, it seems like just this insane, uh, I actually like, uh, it's very strange. I, uh, ran into this guy anyways, and he, I started talking to him and, uh, he told me he had been in one of the sweeps and, um, he, we, I, you know, we've been, figuring out what anyways should i say anyways i don't know but this guy he uh he had his ipad ended up recording the cops and he was trying to find a lawyer because it recorded the cops and they were talking about where they were all going to meet up to like they had you know taken all of their personal belongings and the things that were worth something they basically essentially kept and they were going to go and like meet up like where are we going to meet up and like disperse these things oh my god oh, yes wow. I, I, well, yeah i know i, I said i was like who do we send this to yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i know there's just always so much information going on you know what i mean but yeah it's like i think you should definitely send that to we the unhoused i, would I know oh my god yeah. i've been like yeah like who do i send this to i know yeah um but yeah. yeah it was like pretty recent but yeah so uh yeah so he because he didn't know his ipad was on and it like ended up catching it and he was like 
you know, I don't know. It's like, you know, you're all involved in this. Like, who do I get this in touch with? You know? Yeah. 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 Like, Hey bro, where are we going to meet up? Uh, we to, to divvy up all the goods, man, all the good junk that we got. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, you know, so then I have to, do, do, I, we kind of talked. Sorry, did you have something you wanted to say? No, you don't want to hear my stories of the LAPD or anything like oh, that. Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, I don't yes, want to get do. you guys yes, in trouble. Do. <laughs> you can have your own. You can have your own private uh, session with uh, Javier. <laughs> we got accused of hate speech with that Avenue Thirty Four developer. Really? Just, How's that? So the, the developer had one of the most high-power lobbyists, uh, DLA Piper. Okay. DLA Piper has Andrew Brady, who's a land use attorney who specializes in toxic land. And the other guy was Jerry Newman, Gerald B. Newman. He's another attorney. So guess who else works for this lobbyist? Uh, Kamala Harris's husband. (laughs) But in any case, Gerald B. Newman, some of our community organizers, our community made posters, right? Or we made social media that says like, you know, they made a poster that said pinion group is taking a dump on Lincoln Heights. And they drew a giant dump with flies (laughs) and wrote pinion on it with an anti-symbol. Yeah. And then another one said like vampire, like it was a vampire bat. And it said, you know, it's just, uh, you know, our our, our stories. Right. When I'm like, you know, screw this developer. Well, during the hearing, the lobbyists pulled up, they had been, doing like recon or some, uh, they call it opposition research on our um, social media. They pulled up all this crap, like our posters that we made, like community members made. Um, And they said that uh, we were um, guilty of hate speech. Hate, they accused us of hate speech. Because of the And they kept saying hate speech. Mm -hmm. And I was like, are you kidding me? And then meanwhile, these two lobbyists penned a sort of thesis about how displacement is a myth. Indirect displacement is a myth. And they, yeah, it's not, gentrification doesn't displace. And they wrote this long ass treatise and submitted it to our hearing. And uh, it was the most uh, racist, fucked up thing I've ever read. And I made it public. Um, So, you know, if us uh, displaying our freedom of speech, making some innocent poster of a vampire bat, you know, and we don't hate vampires or pigs, by the yeah. way. No, no, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, they're it's delicious good. pigs are. <laughs> Lincoln Heights Intel is like, you know, there's 30,000 people in this community, 39,000 people in this community. Hate speech. It's just... Well, sorry, I can't hear you. Go I ahead. Mean, that, yeah, that's hate speech. You know, anti... To, uh, to be a gentrification denier is hate speech. Yeah, it's violence. Here, take that. Uh, and then so I asked, actually have two, two, two things that I want to uh, touch up on before we start going uh, like a little bit distracted and, or start winding down. But because uh, uh, I don't want to forget to talk about this because this is like the update part of the conversation. But so you – first of all, like it's interesting to me because I think a lot of people definitely don't have any idea how to even start to do this stuff. So I, my assumption is that with you guys, it probably started with research, right? Like, uh, or, 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 or where, where did you, how did, how did this whole thing start? How, like, obviously you started getting upset about things that were happening in the neighborhood, but like, where do you take that rage and make it like action? Well, there's different levels. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you want the historic background of Intel or? 
Or just, I mean, like, just maybe uh, historic, but also with the context of, like, because I wouldn't fucking know where to start. I Like, the only reason that I know any of this shit is because of you guys. I mean, everything happened real quick, but let me tell you, when uh, they rezone a multifamily parcel of apartments into small lot homes for a million dollars each, sorry, and they're surrounded by all Section 8 and veterans on all sides... <laughs> You better bet they don't want those Section 8 veterans around them. Yeah. That uh, those are the next people to go. They want the land value to go up. So that's what I witnessed firsthand as a uh, violence against our community about five years ago. And um, I've been dealing with that same developer over and over and over again. And uh, it's, uh, it's one of the cru- cruelest, most evil things I've ever seen. And it's upzoning. Um, basically a way to build a uh, mega mansion, mini mansions up to the edge of the property that look like fangs with just little mm. teeny houses all around them with people just struggling to survive. Oh, and it's wow. just one of the most scariest things you've ever looked at. Yeah. Like uh, Avenue, uh, what is it? Griffin Ave, right? Mm. Those metal, it looks like, you know, Beetlejuice. <laughs> they turn the farmhouse into like some, you know, like brutalism and Art Pavera. <laughs> Yeah, it's like that. Everything's painted gray. There's a lady with like a pokey stick or whatever. <laughs> and, a, and a pointy dog <laughs> that's spiky. <Yeah. laughs> and a whip. And, and then so so then, okay, so that's where you kind of started, Sarah. And then now you are in, in a place where you're getting uh, uh, smear opinion pieces done, which I think is uh, uh, against you, which I think I, uh, I want to congratulate you on because... Uh, when when you fucking get there, you've done something right, right? Like, <laughs> well, if someone I mean, takes the time to write a fucking piece talking shit about you, you yeah. know you done triggered somebody. Well, so it's like an congratulations! It's like bad press is what you want. It's like, aren't you sick of? I mean, I'd have to say like art form or something. It's like, aren't you sick of reading that crap? It's like this is the yeah. art show. I like negative criticism. I love. Yeah, I just you know this is I I, I thrive on it. Yeah. Um, I like, yeah, anyway, this is. So, uh, so you have yourself been called a gentrifier, which is fresh because I um, don't, you're not, you're not a developer. So you just, so how, how do they twist some, so like the kind of activism that you try to do? How, like I, what's the, what are the pretzels? How, how are the pretzels that uh, they twist themselves into to, to make, like, what are the claims? Because like, how can you be a gentrifier if you're not? Like as as someone who like, I I don't know. What's the argument? The whole thing is those people that uh, made the complaints about me, those council members saying we paid people. Those are the people who wrote the article. And those are the people that I dealt with five years ago when I was fighting this development stuff. And I was starting to learn about how these mega developments aren't beholden to a public hearing. So our community has no say. And I was freaked Mm. out. And with Avenue 34, the largest development in the history of Lincoln Heights. I realized, holy shit, the largest li- development in the history of Lincoln Heights and no, the community wasn't even consulted. We don't even know. No. So the pretzels, those people have been after me. It's the same handful of people and it's Gil Cedillo's after me ever since this petition. And those people who wrote that shit about me, they're team Cedillo members. And Gil Cedillo actually personally asked the one guy if he knows me when we were running. Like he... Basically, he lacks, if you look at Gil Cedillo's social media, right? 
Mm-hmm. It's like Nithya Raman, Raman has like a million Instagram followers. <laughs> yeah, she Elsevier does. has like five. Elsevier's <laughs> Twitter, it's like so bad. It's like he just do, reposts like Facebook posts on Twitter. and You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. he doesn't have the support of the youth. Yeah, yeah. And we do. And I might not be a young person. <laughs> I, I um, still think I'm 18 in my mind and mm-hmm. I'll never be old. And yeah. uh, I, anyway. And then so the latest. With, I still sleep with the Cabbage Patch Kid that I had since 1983. Really? Uh, we've, done we've done an episode. We've done an episode on stuffed animals and how important they are as a I'm psychological a and I'm proud. No. <laughs> still, currently. All right. You heard it first. Uh, you're going to see that coming to into, yeah, yeah. into an advertisement yeah. against you. It's going to come up in the next smear piece. She was, and she was a bedwetter. Well, I always wonder, like, when they do this opposition research, right, the mudslinging, I'm like, well, what's the worst thing they could say about me? Yeah. You know? Well, at least I never stole money from the people. That's about yeah. the worst that you could be. Stealing yeah. from your family. Stealing from... It's like, Gil Sedeo's like, if we had a car and we let him borrow it and he just like trashed it, rented it to people for money. And then we had to ask him, you know, he's making money off of us and not giving it back to the people. Yeah. And then, uh, and then so uh, just to make sure that we cover everything, because I, we, since we, we did uh, talk for a little bit before the recording, I want to make sure everything is talked about. Uh, and then now the m- most recent scandal, which I think is kind of funny because in this economy, the idea that you guys have money to pay anybody and m- yo, if you guys are paying people, I would like a cut of that because, <laughs> uh, money is always good. No, I like the idea that you guys are paying people a- instead of the strength of your arguments, uh, on Instagram is kind of funny to me. But so basically right now there's a, uh, an NGO that is, uh, is o- allowed to, do that to, to to have their stakeholders vote in the election but you guys have had your stakeholder status uh revoked even though it was approved initially yeah uh, and we're talking about 200 plus people in the neighboring areas like el, Sur, uh, el sereno Boyle heights uh, alhambra and and stuff like that so like people that li- not, we're not talking about like you know yeah. a, a, like people that would uh have uh you know, motive to be involved and to, to ask and to be engaged in these things. Not so like, um, just it's, it, it's, it, it is a funny thing when like, when people with money who have also, who have been, uh, confirmed to have done this shit, start to mudsling and start to be like, Hey, you guys play by the only way we know the world to work. Right. Well, the funniest thing is that this whole neighborhood council Racket is run by one department with an appointee appointed by Garcetti. But um, if you ever want to complain about election fraud with neighborhood council elections, if you go to their website, it says, um, we're sorry, but neighborhood council elections are just a favor that we give you. <laughs> You're not even, uh, you know, we just let you have elections. These aren't beholden to state and federal election laws. Um, <laughs> if you have a complaint, please just write us a shitty email. <laughs> But they forget that uh, people have civil rights, right? Yeah. And uh, for instance, like it's considered discrimination if you ask, require a voter ID, Um, a lot of different things. Um, So 
what I've realized is, uh, you know, the whole system set up to do this. This is why it exists. It's like a Brita. And then we just got stuck in the filter of yeah. whatever. Um, they, it's what they did was a, it's a kind of electoral electoral fraud. It's called a, a rule change. And it's one of the classic moves that they do in, when in democracies, when they feel threatened, when the old mm-hmm. guard feels threatened, they'll change the rules up on their opposition. And so that's what happened, but it's actually considered fraud if it's a late rule change. So they basically sabotaged us two weeks ahead of the election with their buddies and we have all the names. And um, it's just kind of funny how they turn this into some sort of uh, ego shit show of they want drama. But it's so funny. They couldn't show up all year for their council elections. Um, You know what? Yeah, you you sealed the deal. And like, I'm not into this drama stuff. I don't want to play drama games with 70 or 65 year old deadbeats. Yeah. Um, I'm worried about the people who are dying on the freaking John Avenue 21 who are from here. And that's like, to me, not funny anymore. And I don't want to play your game. And I'll take it to the federal level and we'll get all you guys locked up. That's it. Yeah. And and actually there's a, that's interesting because there's a, I I forget exactly what it was, but I, there's a horrifying number of how many homeless people die in uh, LA daily. And it's uh, a number bigger than one for sure. (laughs) And that is horrifying in and of itself. So I don't actually need to know the actual statistic to point out the horrors of that. Um, Yeah, this is. That was somebody's kid, you know. Yeah, that was somebody's, that was somebody's kid. baby that they raised their whole life. Yeah, so, you know, people aren't trash. No, and and I think that a lot of I think that a lot of people are starting. I don't know. I may would would you guys? I definitely would. Would you consider yourselves a leftist movement? Or or is that is that like in terms of the uh, class solidarity elements of it and whatnot? Is that something? Because I've seen in some of the press you guys are described as leftists. I, I just want to uh, ask you directly what you guys think of that, like framing. Uh, because obviously you don't have like a, a Democrat. You don't. You're not have a party party affiliated. But philosophically, what? How would you guys describe what you guys are doing? Personally, I don't like to even identify or affiliate necessarily. But do you have a? I mean, what am I going to say? <laughs> We're like a church. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Except we pay yeah, taxes. Yeah. Um, the um, what was the question? Okay, so basically, we don't have the basic human needs met in our community of food, shelter, stuff like that, education. Mm-hmm. So, with Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, so before people can have those needs met, or before people can attain like higher, you know, self-actualization, or you know self-love they need these things met we don't have these things met um so uh, most of the proposals in our community are a threat to the health safety and welfare of the people and most people can agree with this whether republican or democrat or Mm. satanist or whatever um which i am yeah we see it all so it's like the magic of intel is our members are all over the board man yeah and uh we just want humans to um not yeah we want justice and we you know it's basically there's a concession on like what's right with like you know treating other human beings um yeah i think we're safe safe to say we're hu- simply humanists 
<laughs> okay, populists, I guess. Wrong is wrong, you know, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. No, it's I, and I'm sorry for trying to pigeonhole it. Uh, to me, the the the, 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 the I, I'm just like framing it in terms of my understanding, and I definitely don't want you guys to be slant. Uh, slammed i i tend to think of it uh i think I, I mean i tend to think historically about uh kind of community actions as a more leftist ideal because it i think that you guys are very directly i mean you talk a lot about race but you also don't uh exclude class from your your discourse so i mean at least you're you're class aware which I think it uh, is something that in terms of discourse is not necessarily. Now I feel like Steve is looking at me with skepticism. <laughs> His eyes behind that mask. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But uh, <laughs> no, but, but I, I, I think, I think it's interesting. And I think, and I actually, I really appreciate the fact that you guys like just re reject the notion of it being any, any which way, because I think that that, um, you know, I think that that is a, a an effective way to bring in people as opposed to like, m you know, making claims. Right. I think people, I, I think terms like left and right do always have a, 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 an element of baggage to them. Right. But yeah. um, who, who are who am I or who are we to claim what our group is? It's yeah. a group of people. Also, these entities, I don't want to name names, but I mean, one of them is, for instance, Bernie Sanders, in, Sanders endorses Gil Cedillo. Yeah. Like we can't get down with that, man. I was really mean to really somebody that from bad. the from the Bernie party that uh, mm -hmm. reached out to me. But all these like, other groups, yeah, like the people who endorse slates, for instance, some of them have contacted us, whatever. But they've got their own agendas, and they're warring with each other, yeah, to like get their claws into different areas they can't penetrate. Um, uh, our okay. thing is that we're a legit gra grassroots organization, and our slate is made up of local. Um, residents of Lincoln Heights and people who grew up here. And so when you look at the other councils and these slates, a lot of them are just planted, you know, they don't, they don't live there. And um, it's really painful for me to see, for instance, in Echo Park, a lot of these local residents who are running, for instance, who've been fighting the oil toxins for years with all the oil derricks and stuff. And they've, you know, dealt with cancer, you know, they're, they're real legit activists, community activists. They're being just totally hijacked by these slates of like young kind of upper middle-class dreamy types. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, my whole thing, it's this, it's like, we're as grassroots and real as you can get. We're not like paying people. We're not, <laughs> you know, it's like, what, do we make videos of us handing out food, but put like a, a green screen of Lincoln Heights behind us? Like, are we real? Like, mm -hmm. no, dude, we're out on the freaking street. But yeah. for some reason, the city doesn't believe us. And um, yeah. yeah, it's pretty funny. So just to give a guy, everybody a, 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 an idea of how the slate is likely to, to play out. Uh, so I saw that some of the races you guys are running unopposed, which to me just tells you that they just don't give a shit. <laughs> right if they they're only like putting them the minimum number of candidates so how many candidates uh are running unopposed from from uh the lincoln heights uh slate six six, six. I'm, I'm one of them um so you guys are definitely just gonna be in their fucking shit up either way right 
Yeah. <laughs> well, well, duh. <laughs> um, no, but it's funny that you say um, the unopposed thing, because when this started, I wasn't running unopposed. Oh. Um, but the person that was running against me got disqualified for submitting fraudulent papers. So it just goes to show the amount of effort they're putting into shutting us down. You know what I mean? Damn. So the fact that, you know, um, I'm unopposed now. It's like, yes, this is a sign from the universe, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, and so, uh, it's, so it's not over in terms of the, like the, the, dis you guys are still going to fight this decision with the, uh, with, with the, with the, um, uh, stakeholders, right? Listen, man, listen, man. Okay. The stakeholder thing. All of that drama started. There was only one stakeholder card ever submitted to the city. So the city got all these complaints about us being fraudulent, but they're like, hey, there's only one person claiming to be an Intel member that doesn't live in Lincoln Heights. Like, what, is this what are these people tripping on? And then Anna Lee got word from, she called up the city clerk and the city clerk says, I've never seen so many applications <laughs> in a neighborhood council race in my life. We're freaking the fuck out. I had never, we, I had never submitted any of the cards of, of the membership cards yet. So this is like evidence that they're already or trying to either they either they like tapped all their re you know they're like really gunning up against us or like we just naturally kicked ass and um i had a vision you know just all this it's all serendipitous but uh when you do work hard and you're pure when your intent is pure and kind and gentle and you only want the best for others and you're not um selfish that um good things happen to you <laughs> and um <laughs> the whole trajectory of how this has all gone in the past year and a half it's um basically when you launch <laughs> whatever we've we're reaching escape velocity so we're already propelled so we're not gonna go down okay uh just so, when it goes so the so it's despite just, the scandals, you guys are hopeful about the, the outcome. I'm not hopeful. I'm, I'm absolutely positive. Oh, in okay. That, because right. um, it's just the, the there's there's no amount of money that can fight this level of people power is sort of what I'm getting. It's that there's no reasoning or negotiation when it comes to basic human rights and your civil rights. So um, we're just going to, we have the, you know, we could just walk away and say, yeah, your council's, you know, we don't want it anyway. Look at you guys anyway. Go go, go chew on your 40,000 bucks. We could start a nonprofit and get millions of dollars and save our neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? Um, we're going to do it all at the same time. <laughs> so, sorry. <laughs> you know, I'm not at the same time, but, you know. Um, yeah. I think the just really like spark a fire in a lot of people that uh, are not willing oh, yeah. to stop until, you know, it's that momentum. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah, you guys got us started and now whatever means that we have to do to stop the unjustness that's going on. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't there's know. No stopping it, man. No it's stopping. Like, Good job. You know, guys. <laughs> Not, you know, yeah, well, yeah, that's, that's, that, I mean, I'm in a good mood all of a sudden. So. <laughs> well, I mean, especially with all this shit that you hear in the news, it's so exhausting all the time. So it's nice to to hear, uh, hear that, uh, that things might be going well towards, uh, you know, towards the, uh, 
um, less fortunate or the marginalized or the the like the the um, the, the people that don't uh, have like a whole infrastructure set up to protect them. Um, it's nice. It's nice. I like, uh, it, I'm, I'm definitely into that. Uh, the idea of, um, you know, I think like also how I was saying the ripple effect of like, you know, of gentrification going out and just end of displacement. And like, I like how, uh, you know, spark got ignited in all of us. Hopefully this ignites in other people and that becomes, you know, a ripple yeah. effect in, in uh, battle to everything else that's happening, you know? Yeah. People want to talk about artisanal food and local cheese, local wines. Well, we're about local people and local culture and real local, um, what? Realities, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. The Honeycomb Hideout, community centers. Um, this is a, a homebrew, a free homebrew for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever they call those things, a guzzler of their, you know. Yeah, a growler? Yeah. So. Cool. Well, uh, I'm gonna get, uh, let you guys go back to your families and your 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 intense research and all of that stuff soon. Uh, do you, uh, can we get a uh, a little update or just a, a little? Um, where can people find each of you guys individually? There's obviously Lincoln Heights Intel. There's Free Flat Top, which uh, I mean I'm not gonna talk about that right now because I don't want to end on a bad note <laughs> after we just hit a good note. But it, uh, there are some houses there that uh, that are that are actually getting built, which is a bummer. But uh, so um, so th there's that. What else is? What other stuff are you guys? Uh... I mean, we got. What else? I have an actual. Um, we have a you website, LincolnHeightsIntel.com, where I've made a, a whatever made a transcript or a chronology of all, an archive of Case all files. the, well, the, the LincolnHeightsIntel.com has uh, all the email dialogues with the city pertaining to this um, scandal and mm. sabotage. And it's really interesting when you see the way that it all panned out and what's going on. It's called like Intel Sabotage something, something, but you'll see it. And then our main sort of site is linktree.com slash intel 2021 and it's got all our case files the youtube all that stuff you cannot get this in stores <laughs> yeah no all right all right and then uh you are uh sarah what's your instagram snacky for the city snacky for the city Stephen. Like yeah with a number four yeah Steven. um steve lucero dot la Okay, and then uh, Fernie Ferns, what's your... Fernie dot Ferns, yeah. <laughs> and then Annalisa? Uh, it's uh, Annalie for... L or Annalie, sorry. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Everybody does it. So, yeah, Annalie for, uh, for LHNC. Okay, and then uh, um, Mine's Richard? more creative. <laughs> Mine's Kilala, K-I-L-A-8-9, okay. Instagram. Cool. Uh, and anything else you guys want to want to say on the way out? No? Yeah, Lincoln Heights Intel is still running. Like, That's we're right. We're 100%. Don't let the city lie to you. Um, all the local voters, vote for our 11 people on our slate. We have till April 13th, which is in what? Five days. Yeah. You go. When you get your ballot, you take your pencil and you fill in every and dot of all of our names. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> on the Wicked Hotel um, <laughs> site, and there yeah. you go. 
Uh, go personally to the post office. It's great. Actually, it's every bottom dot mm-hmm. on the ballot. <laughs> oh, it is. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so just go and fill in every bottom dot. They made it easy for us. And yeah. you rock it. The last so. <laughs> The yeah. last person. There's a psychological element there, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. They just put us at the bottom. Right? I know. Right? Oh, yeah. Let their downfall. Right. The haters. Okay. And then uh, they just made it easy. All right. And then we're at What's My Thesis on Instagram. You can find us uh, all over the place. We're on Instagram. We're on uh, Twitter. We're on uh, podcasting platforms. We're on YouTube. This is going to be on YouTube. Uh, so if you guys want to see these beautiful faces covered up by COVID safe masks, you can also <laughs> <laughs> tune in. And thanks a lot, guys. It's it's always great talking to you. Uh, I'm definitely going to probably touch base with you at some point because uh, uh, these are fun and I, I like uh, to hear about uh, uh, rich people losing. So <laughs> <laughs> It's like Rocky, man. Rocky, don't <laughs>